did a great job of recording the last one, so we have it. And all the recordings are on the um, Prime Principles in Application Facebook private group. So if you want to have access to it, you can go there. I also, a friend of mine built a website for me, and it's just my name, randymermel.com. And if you go there, the recordings are also available as a Spotify on Spotify as a podcast for now. I'm recording this from now going forward. So if you do not want your voice on this recording or your name on the recording, do not talk. Do not ask a question. You can ask a question through the chat if you want to ask a question that way and, and remain completely 100% anonymous. I am not recording any video, so don't worry about your picture. It's not being recorded. Uh, just the audio. So, I'm Randy. I'm alcoholic. Um, uh, my body is allergic to alcohol. I can never, ever drink alcohol successfully again. Today, one day at a time, forever. Uh, the reason I can't drink alcohol is because I have an, an allergic reaction to it. I black out, I, be, I crave more alcohol, there's no telling when I'm gonna stop, and I end up doing a lot of uh, crazy stuff in a blackout. Sometimes crazy, sometimes not crazy, but I don't know what I'm doing and I don't know what I'm, how it's gonna end. So I can't drink alcohol successfully anymore, which is a problem for me because I have a disease called alcoholism, a disease that centers in my mind, a disease that talks to me in my own voice, and a disease that is the power for my life. My disease tells me you need chocolate, I eat chocolate. My disease tells me this is too much pain, you need to drink, I drink. I do whatever it says, even though I know that my experience in the past drinking was not good. The idea that my mind told me it'll be okay this time, I believe it and I do what it says. And the the reason I became allergic to alcohol is because of this disease that centers in my mind that manifests as an unsatisfiable, fault-finding, opinionated mind that's always in a hurry and can't stand the word no. And by the way, if you want to borrow that as your description of alcoholics of alcoholism, I'm perfectly cool with that. I, th I think it's a... I, I didn't make it up. <laughs> I heard pieces of that from other people and I put it together for myself, and that is the way that I describe my alcoholism today. Very, It's very succinct. It's very compact. It doesn't need a lot of explanation. And, and a lot of people identify with that unsatisfiable mind. The way it was given to me is an unsatisfied mind, which to me left an opening in my, in my mind that maybe it's possible that I could learn some stuff in AA in 12 steps, and then I could be satisfied at some point in the future. But it, my experience is, is that my, my mind, the, the disease is unsatisfiable no matter what, drunk or sober. The only way to not have an unsatisfiable mind is to abandon it completely right now in this moment to turn towards a power greater than myself for new information as opposed to trying to change the information in the old character because the old character is built and it is not changing this is my opinion 
you might have a, a more uh, moldable old character. You might be able to fix your old character and then become the power for your life through reading some self-help books or finding the right guru or finding the right uh, prayers and the right church. You might be able to remold your alcoholism into something more useful. I, I'm, I have not been able to do that. My mind, if I ask my mind, how am I doing? My mind generally doesn't have enough money, doesn't have the right car, doesn't have the right haircut, doesn't weigh the right amount of weight, doesn't, uh, doesn't have the food that it wants. It, it's always unsatisfied about something. Sometimes it's unsatisfied about a lot of things. But when I turn my attention to a power greater than myself, what I always find right now, right here, right now, is that I always have everything that I need right now to be okay 100%. I'm 100% okay right here, right now in this relationship with this higher power. The only way to get to that relationship with that higher power is to have the, the, the spirit of the first step, which is admitting complete defeat. And the complete defeat that I'm complete at is I'm a complete defeat at being okay with my mind, drunk or sober. And so if I can admit my complete defeatedness, then I could be open to something else. And I could stand ready to do anything which would lift my merciless obsession, which is to be satisfied, to be self-satisfied to have the things that I think I need to be okay. And when I stand ready to do anything which will lift my merciless obsession, I start to have the willingness to come to believe right here, right now in this moment, that there's a power, that that power is greater than me, and that that power is the power that's gonna restore me to sanity. And the way that I do that is through rightly relating myself to that power. So again, I like to take a moment now because that's a lot of talk and you can agree with what I just said and that's great and I'm very happy if you're agreeing and if you're disagreeing, I'm very happy for you to go find it your own way and figure out how to prove me wrong and come back and teach me because I would love, I would love to be able to be the power for my life. I would love to know the right prayers and the right uh, way to get God to do what I want. I would love that. Nothing would make me happier, I think, or definitely the disease side of me. Nothing would make it happier than to be able to tell God the, the, the all knowledge and all power. If I could give God, which is all knowledge and all power, a couple of tips on how it could improve my life in a way that would get that power to do what I want, that's what I want. I'm not interested in a higher power. I'm not interested in doing God's will. I am interested in having enough money so nobody can say no to me. And the house at the top of the top of the hill and the biggest production company on the planet. So everybody has to do my movies and ask me if they can be in it. And these are, the, these are my wildest dreams. And I would like to be able to plug into a higher power 
and be able to pray and meditate for what I want and have that higher power do what I want. That's what I want. I am, I am not interested in uh, fitting myself to be of maximum service to God and the people around me. But unfortunately, there isn't a program for that. That's alcoholism. It's already built. I've tried every way I can to get God to do what I want. It hasn't worked out. What I have found, though, is a life beyond my wildest dreams. What's My wildest dreams is that nobody can say no to me and I can always have everything that I want when I want it. What's beyond my wildest dreams is this peace to be at peace right here, right now, no matter what. Not having to change anything. To be 100% okay in this moment, right now. And that's what the program gives me. Beyond, it's beyond my wildest dreams. You know how much work it is to always have more money than everybody else and to always have a bigger house than everybody else and to always want to be in demand more than everybody else? That is a lot of work. Most people end up killing themselves. The, they kill themselves because they never get it, or they kill themselves because they get some part of it, and it's still unsatisfied. And so right now, I'm going to come to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity, and I'm going to do it by sharing my life with that power. So we were right here a minute ago, but... I went on a tangent, so I'm going to give everybody a moment now to rightly relate yourself to your higher power. If you'd like to try it, you might have an experience with it. If you don't want to try it, that's fine. Do whatever you want. <laughs> what I do is I start talking to this thing, this all knowledge and all power, and I talk to it like I would talk to you, and I say, power, here I am. I'm at a meeting. I'm sitting in a chair. I'm, I'm Randy. Could you help me to be the man that you want me to be? Could you guide me and direct me? Could you help me to feel what's happening right now? So I'm going to give you a moment to do your own rightly relating or whatever else you feel intuitively guided to do right now. So what I find for myself when I do that, when I rightly relate myself to my higher power, when I share my fears and my hopes and my, uh, my desires and my everything with my higher power, what I find is my mind gets quiet. That self-talking mind gets quiet. 
And for me, that quiet is what I call sanity. That quiet is what I call peace. So for me, that's what happens when I rightly relate myself to my higher power. Sometimes it takes longer than other times. But every time that I stop whatever I'm doing and I rightly relate myself to my higher power, that I could be restored to sanity, that I could have a moment of peace. And now it's mine. So if you did this exercise just now and you, your mind is more peaceful now, that's yours. Nobody can ever take it away from you and nobody can give it to you. It's the, it's the, it's the B of the ABCs and how it works. The B is that probably no human power can relieve my alcoholism. You can't relieve it and I can't relieve it. But God could and would if it were sought. So hopefully just now there was some sodding happening and God relieved my alcoholism. It quieted my mind. Something. You don't have to call it God. Don't get hung up on God. Something relieved my alcoholism. Something quieted my mind. Something gave me a moment of peace. And when I practiced that enough times in my life to have the experience of knowing that as a truth for my life, then I can make a decision. In step three, do I want to have a relationship with a power greater than myself where the peace is? Or do I want to keep chasing the house at the top of the hill and all the money and the crazy parties and all the stuff that I think is going to make me happy one day? I can make that decision because I've had the experience of peace and I've had some experience of getting the new car or the new job or more money in the bank or getting a new wife or getting rid of a wife or anything else that my mind told me was the thing that was going to make me happy and it never worked. And so I have something that works and something that doesn't work and I, am, and I have to make a decision. <laughs> it sounds so moronic. When, when, when I say it out loud like that, it's like, well, what moron wouldn't pick to, to turn its thoughts and its actions over to the care of God? It works. It works. It always works. I know it works. Why wouldn't I do that? And yet, at some point during the day today, I'm going to see something and self is going to say, oh, if you had that, you'd be so happy. Whatever that is, a piece of cake, a bag of potato chips, a... Uh, a, a drink, a, a shot of heroin, uh, a new car, a Porsche McCann S with wide wheels on the back. Something, it's going to see something and it's going to say, ooh, if you had that, you'd be so happy. And I'm going to hear it in my voice and I'm going to believe it and I'm going to walk down the road. Now, it might be a step. It might be two days before I realize that self has captured my mind again and now I'm unsatisfied and fault-finding and opinionated and not very fun to be around and nobody really likes me and my family is all ready to move out and then I will be brought back to my knees in alcoholism and start this dance over again. So, 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 so why can't I just ask that power to be with me right now? At the end of the sixth step, I have seen who I am. In four, five, and six, I've seen who I am. I've seen my delusions. I've seen my fears. 
I've admitted that my fears and my delusions are objectionable to myself. I'm asking my higher power right now to relieve me of the bondage of self, to take all of me, the good and the bad, and I'm doing it now. Because now is the only time I can have a relationship with my higher power. So that is six. Six is I'm done with the old. And seven is what do I do now? Now that I'm done with this other mind, now that I'm done with this fault-finding, opinionated, unsatisfiable mind, help me to go out into the world and be the man that you want me to be. Remove my shortcomings where I fall short of being the man that God would have me be. And, and in step seven, there's a paragraph. It's my favorite paragraph. And I would encourage you, if you do the reading in the morning, like if you read 60 to 63 every morning to help crush your ego, if, if you've been practicing that, this is a new, this is a little addition to it. So this is on page 71 in the big book. It says this, true, it says most of us, but I read it in the eye. True, I thought good character was desirable. But obviously good character was something I needed to get on with the business of being self-satisfied. With a proper display of honesty and morality, I'd stand a better chance of getting what I really wanted. So I will practice honesty and morality as a self, as an ego with the disease to try to be self-satisfied, to try to get what I want. But whenever I have to choose between character and comfort, the character building is lost in the dust of my chase after what I thought was happiness. So I'm willing to give up my honesty and my morality if I think that I have to give it up at this moment to get what I thought was happiness. The reason it's thought was happiness because when I'm out of integrity with being the man that I believe my higher power wants me to be, there is not, that, that is not a comfortable place. That is not my happy place. That's my guilty place. That's my shameful place. It's my remorseful place. It's my self-pitying place, but it's not my happy place. So even though I get what I want, inside I feel I don't deserve it. So now the thing that I thought I wanted, that I have, I can't appreciate it because I don't deserve it because I had to lie just a little bit. I just had to tell I just had to call in sick today to go snow skiing with my friends. I, I, it was a sick day, but I don't feel right. I'm a little off the whole day, and the skiing just isn't that satisfying because I know in my heart that I twisted the truth a little bit so that I could go do what I wanted to do. Seldom do I look at character building as something desirable in itself. Something I would like to strive for, whether my instinctual needs were met or not. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine being honest and moral, even if your instinctual needs weren't met? Like, like you're, you didn't have a place to sleep tonight. If you lied a little bit, you could get work your way in.
I never thought of making honesty, tolerance, and true love of man and God the daily basis of living. When I read that sentence, it always, I have to ask this question. When you woke up this morning, was your first thought to make honesty, tolerance, and true love of man and God your basis of living today? Or was it, damn, I got to take a shower and go make some money? <laughs> I think I'm going to have to have it painted on the on the ceiling over my bed so that when I wake up and I open my eyes, the first thing I see is honesty, tolerance, and true love of man and God. I think I'm going to do that. I'm going to paint that on the ceiling over my house and hope that when I open my eyes, I actually read it and be reminded before I get out of bed. Because I don't know where to put it. I don't know where you put that. What I have to do is get up, take a shower, complain a little bit to myself about something, turn on the tea machine, sit down at my books, open a book up and start reading and then be reminded, oh yeah, love and tolerance. That was on page 71, the, the last paragraph of 71 and 72. And then it says, this lack of anchorage to any permanent values, this blindness to my true purpose of my life produces another bad result. For just so long as I am convinced that I can live exclusively on my own individual strength and intelligence, for just that long was a working faith in a higher power impossible. So this is step six again. If I think that I can still use my mind and my intelligence and my strength to be the man that God wants me to be. Having the relationship with God is impossible. Because I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to trust and rely on my strength and my intelligence. And that's what I want to do. To get what I want. This is true even if I believed. Oh, oh. For just. For just that long was a working faith and a higher power impossible. This is true even if I believe that God existed. It doesn't matter if you believe in God or not. It does not matter. What matters is, am I trusting and relying on it? On something? On something? And if I am, what experience am I having? There is no argument. I, I have no idea if there is or there isn't a God. But I do have years and years of experience that when I rightly relate myself to something other than self, that I get restored to sanity. And I have years and years and years of experience that the right answer that I need for every situation is downloaded in the moment that I need it if I will get quiet and get out of the way. That I intuitively know how to handle everything today is unbelievable. And some crazy stuff's happening. I can actually have earnest religious beliefs which remain barren because I am still trying to play God myself. I'm still trying to use the power to get what I want the way I want it. And I'm still complaining about the way it is. If I have an argument with any area of my life, if I'm fighting any area of my life, 
I am playing God. As long as I place self-reliance first, a genuine reliance upon a higher power is out of the question. That basis, basic ingredient of all humility, a desire to seek and do God's will, is missing. It's missing. So step seven, I humbly ask him to remove my shortcomings. I humbly ask it to remove my shortcomings. I call God it. I don't call it a him or a her. It's an it. It's not a person. It's not human. I am having a human experience. God is not human. It's an it. I, the humility that's needed to ask it to remove my shortcomings is all built in one through six. So if I don't have the humility to ask a higher power to help me be the thing it would have me be now and to do what it would have me do now, the problem is not in seven. It's in one through six. This is the only moment I can have a relationship with a higher power. This is the only moment that I can be entirely ready to have God remove my shortcomings. And this is the only moment that I can humbly ask it to remove my shortcomings. So we're going to open the meeting up now for sharing. If you want to ask a question, you can ask a question. If you want to share about your experience with what was just talked about, you feel free to share whatever you want to share. Just know that I'm recording this and that people are going to listen to it and they might hear your name. So Rick has his hand up first. Hello. Thank you very much, Randy. Hi, everybody. I really, really love that you keyed in on the making uh, honesty tolerance. And I was reading that in first person. I never thought of making honesty tolerance and true love of man and God the basis of my morning, afternoon, or evening. But I wanted to key in on the bottom thing, which you also keyed in, which I love. The basic ingredient of all humility, a desire to seek and do God's will, was missing. And I get a missing. Wait a minute. They just... Did they just define humility for us? Yeah, I think so. Or at least it's the basic basic ingredient in all humility. So if I have a desire to seek and do God's will, I'm on the right track. Thanks. Thanks, Rick. Next is Georgie. Hi, everyone. I'm Georgie. I'm an alcoholic. Hi, Georgie. Hi, um, thank you so much, Randy. What you said that really stood out to me was about um, how when you took a sick, if you were to take a sick day from work and you went snowing and uh, snow skiing and you couldn't enjoy it because you knew that it wasn't honest. Um, I really relate to that so much. So thank you so much for like highlighting that. But I guess I also have a question. Um, it's not particularly about six or seven, but... I've noticed that my self-talking mind likes to chirp up as soon as I've turned the lights off and got into bed. 
and it's it's all the existential panic that's going on and um i I find it really hard to shut it down and it's keeping me awake (laughs) so um i'm just wondering if you've got any tips sure my sponsor gave me a a thing to do when i get in bed and i and i'm self-talking and i can't shut up when i breathe in I say, the power of God is within me. When I breathe out, I say, the grace of God surrounds me. And then when I breathe in again, the power of God is within me. And it's kind of like counting sheep. See if you can get to 100 uh, without being asleep. But it's about putting my attention on God instead of on my problems, which Emmett Fox talks about as the golden key. And there's a pamphlet called The Golden Key. And if you want to watch your problems disappear without any effort, you take your mind off of the problems and you put them on God, on something. So, Thank uh, you. Yeah, try that and let me know how it works. Cause, okay. Really well. Okay, Christine, you're up. Hi, Christine, alcoholic. Hi, Christine. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you. This is really, this message is really helping me um, to see my uh, cunning, baffling, and powerful disease and ego. And um, you just described cunning, baffling, powerful. And and um, I am putting putting uh, my mind toward uh, the toward toward a higher power and and, and get and I'm interviewing today and I uh, I was just thinking of like, you know, in the past I would have tried to shoehorn myself into this position that's like a little above my my station of my connections. But now I'm like, I'm going to like thoughtfully ask questions as a right-sized professional person and not, um, not try to shoehorn myself into a position that's maybe not right for me, then make some money and then maybe get fired because I'm not, I don't have the experience. Like I would have done that in the past and today I'm not doing that. And that's like, there's some peace, there's some peace there. And, um, I heard this great thing yesterday, um, at, uh, our primetime meeting in New York. Um, we're talking about the sixth and seventh step. And, uh, the speaker is talking about, am I, am I a uh, noun or a verb? And when I'm a noun, I'm like, you know, ruminating in something. I'm just, I'm, I'm stagnant. I'm like still water. But when I'm a verb, I'm moving in a direction that is, you know, of peace, of some kind of peace. And uh, that really helped me too. And thank you so much for this talk. It really, uh, it really gave me peace today. Thanks. Thanks. Um, next is, I believe it's Phyllis. One second. Yes, Phyllis, you're up. Hi, Rand. Thank you so much. Um, was there a point in your recovery that you had enough? And I'm not talking about in the moment we're in, because I know everything is in the moment we're in, that you had a deep de- desire to turn your life and your will over and go against all the other desires you had. Was there a moment in time that you can remember where you were admitted defeat on such a big level that you turned toward the the real, honest surrender to self. Do you remember anything back there or whenever? Yesterday, maybe it happens. I don't know. I think, I think I can remember about seven experiences. 
that that all added to my desire to go deeper. Uh, one of them was the cruise ship experience where something said, why don't you just go be the best broke person you can be? <laughs> You're only broke right now. And uh, I, I had a few other experiences like that. They're, they're, um, if I tell you, if I, like my sponsor, my one of my sponsors had his experience where he went crazy at nine years sober and he climbed a mountain in his cowboy boots and and on the way, you know, his wife called the police and they, they 5150'd him, I think is what it's called, uh, and put him in a straitjacket and they were taking him nine years sober, they were taking him to the funny farm and, and he had an experience. So I kind of, my experiences are kind of like that. You know, I had some traumatic experiences and I've had some not so traumatic experiences where I was brought to my knees and willing to turn. But if I told you my specifics, it can't help you one bit. So the specifics are not important, but, but it, yes, there have been amazing challenges in my life that I had to walk through that I couldn't walk through on my own and that taught me deeper. But right here, right now, I can have the same, just stopping and starting to, to rightly relate myself to my higher power is the, is the practice and anyone can do that and you don't have to be bludgeoned into it. It, it talks about that in step in step seven, uh, too. You know, uh, we don't have to be bludgeoned into humility anymore. We can actually look for it. So, so what one of my sponsors said, or what Bob Anderson used to say, is, "I'll take the bumps out of the road for you. You can start practicing this now without having to be beaten." And so, why? Let's go there. Let's go here. Let's go together. Let's go deeper now instead of losing some more stuff to go deeper, because that's what we're really good at. We're really good at screwing up our lives through self and then starting over again. I also thought the idea of believing in God, which is really nothing when it comes down to it, other than you have to turn to God. It's mm -hmm. not a belief, it's not enough, and thanks for pointing that out, Randy. Again, that switch, that little, you know, Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Phyllis. Paul, you're up. Thank you. Hi, I'm Paul of Alcoholism. Hi, Paul. Uh, two things. Um, Rick reminded me of something when he spoke about the humility. First of all, thank you, Randy. That was, once again, just mind-opening the way you approached that. Uh, um, but regarding humility, I was looking at this article that was in the New York Times science section yesterday about about epidemiologists and the coronavirus. And uh, it says a rule to update your prior beliefs and uncertainties based on, on observed evidence. And the, uh, the, final, the final paragraph I thought was very relevant because it says, in other words, keep an open mind. That's a very powerful idea and it doesn't necessarily have to be done technically or formally. It could just be in the back of your mind as an idea. Call it modeling humility you may be wrong. And I thought, yeah, I mean, the problem with epidemiologists like the rest of us is that we're all human and uh, it's very hard to change our mind once we, because we claim the knowledge as me, who I am, and you can't change me because that's me. Um, that aside, I have a question in the form of a, I guess it's a question. 
there are periods of times, it could be moments, hours, afternoons, whatever, when I know clearly I'm in self. And there are other moments where I know I'm continually surrendering. And then there's this third state where I just, I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, an example, I got an email yesterday about a travel opportunity to Club Med. So I looked at it and I always get these things. And I thought, you know, this one looks really good. So I paused for a moment and I ostensibly asked it, asked my higher power, what should I do here? You know, please guide me into what to do here. And I start, so it says, well, the message I got is like, don't, don't get in your own way. So I just start clicking through and the next thing I know, I've got the whole form filled out and everything. And I'm about to send it, but I still don't know whose will that was. I feel I have just an uncertainty and I don't know if it comes from the fact that I feel like I don't deserve a vacation which is still being, which is still staying itself, or if it's an imprudent thing to do. Do you have any, do you ever find yourself in that sort of in-between limbo? And if you do, how do you, how do you get on the right foot? So that's a great question. I mean, that's the question. How do you know when you know? How do you know it's God's will or your will? That is the ultimate question. Um, uh, I'll tell you what I do know that when I, when I am debating, when I'm in the debating society about if it is God's will or not, it's usually my will. Uh, so if I have to do it right now, it's usually my will. If it has to be done immediately, it's usually my will. Uh, if it's going to involve having to put in some gray lines here and there, it's usually my will. But the other thing that I do is I call someone and I talk to somebody else when I, if I, you know, most of the time about anything, I will talk it over with somebody that I respect, somebody that I, that I uh, think is also somebody more capable of seeing me than me. And, uh, you know, cause this is a weird time to be traveling right now so i but i have no opinion on whether or not you should go to club med ever none i have none that's between you and anything you do is between you and your higher power none of my business but but i so if i'm debating and if i have to do it now if there's any argument between both sides if i'm taking both sides of the story i'm debating and that is self and 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 uh, if I have to do it right now, it has to be done right now. I got to get it now. That's usually self. You might still get it. It just doesn't have to be done right this moment, usually. Rick? Oh, Rick Alcoholic. Thank Hi. you, Randy, as always. Um, Phyllis, I wanted to make a comment on your belief is not enough. Um, belief has never been my problem. It's just a matter of compartmentalizing and allowing my higher power to work and help me. Uh, I seem to get an alcohol, but I like to take back the other thing. Um, yesterday was a really noisy day for me uh, between a chainsaw that was running all day, uh, leaf blowers all around me, and this crying baby that I've been listening to for last year. I was just melting down. 
I wanted to drink. I wanted to go away. I just didn't want to be here. Shutting my windows, using noise canceling headphones. Ultimately called my sponsor and said, I know I'm in self. I know I'm listening to myself. I know I'm trying to rule the, the play. I know all these things. I just can't take this. And he stopped and he said, why do you think you're hearing all these noises? Why do you think you're hearing this day after day? Like, I don't know, because they're just here. And they're like, no, your higher power of God is giving you the opportunity to turn. You're not learning this lesson. And you're going to keep hearing these things until you turn, period. As you heard tomorrow, you heard the next day. This is like Groundhog's Day on a bad day. You know, he's giving you an opportunity. This is when you stop and say, I can't do this. I need you. Please. So he's giving you this opportunity. And uh, so I'm actually grateful. And I wasn't really thinking about that. He also said, you know, look at the serenity prayer, but it's a larger version of it. I just wanted to read the last couple. We don't read this because we read a little shorter version, but there's a much larger version of it. Um, just the last part of it real quick, if I may. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as he did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he would make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life supremely happy with him forever in the next thank you thanks Rick good stuff uh, next is Jen hi I'm Jennifer alcoholic hi Jennifer thank you so much for you know, this meeting I love it and I love hearing everything that you share Randy um, I can relate a lot to it and Last Friday, I was supposed to be leading a meeting in a different program, and I come to this meeting, and I was, you know, meditating, and I was really trying to like have conscious contact with my higher power, and really asking him, like, what do you want me to lead on? What do you want me to share? And you know, when we were meditating, I felt like he was giving me all these thoughts and all these ideas, and so I went and shared that night, and it was like nobody wanted to like when I opened the meeting up, nobody wanted to share, and it was just like crickets, and it was so, it was horrible. It was like. It was, it was just horrible. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't, I didn't leave right. I didn't share right. I didn't, you know, did I misunderstand God? Did I not hear him right? You know, and then even like with my career and my job, like it wasn't what I wanted, but I felt like it was what, where God was leading me. And I hate it. I hate that job. I'm in fear all the time. I'm uncomfortable all the time. I don't feel like I belong there, but yeah, I feel God brought me there. And, you know, last Friday you were talking about like, um, like you were asking, like, what are we afraid of? And, and you were like peeling back all the layers of, well, I'm afraid of this and that leads to this, this leads to that. And so I was asking myself, what am I afraid of? And I think it comes down to like thinking I hear, I hear God, but, but then it not turning out the way I think it's supposed to turn out. So then did I really hear him? Was it really, was I really relying on myself again? Which like you said last week, like self has never relying on myself, but has never produced good results. So like, I'm just afraid that I'm still relying on myself and I'm not actually relying on God, even though I feel like I am seeking him so much more today than I ever have. But then I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe God's just drawing all this up because I am learning so much about myself and I am learning about, I'm like, that slate is like been wiped clear and I'm learning who God really is, who I really am learning about alcoholism. Like, I don't know if God is just bringing all of this to the surface to teach me. And then today you said, if I'm fighting, um, 
my something a part of my life like my career like maybe I'm trying to play God maybe God is trying to show me something in this career about myself like I don't know I just feel so unhappy and satisfied all of that you know and I and I feel like I'm trying so hard to like be with you know be where God wants me to be and it just I don't know I don't know thank you for letting me share thanks Jen uh I I relate to what you're talking about a lot um A lot of times I, this relationship with this power, it's right now, it's right now, and it's right now. And if I'm open to the guidance, the guidance is always there. But it does say in the 11th step that I might pay for this, for this presumption that I am being intuitively guided in all sorts of absurd actions and ideas. But over time, it'll become a working part of the mind. It'll become it'll become something that is useful. So that's why we have sponsors when we're early in this, in this process. That's why we talk it over with another human being. Uh, and that's why we trust and rely on each other to, to walk through these bigger things. Now, it could be that you could be in alcoholism and it doesn't matter what job you have, you're gonna be unsatisfied. It, that's just possible. I mean, I, how many times have I prayed to God to help me get a girlfriend and I get the girlfriend and two weeks after I have that girlfriend, I don't want it anymore. I want a different one. And now I'm praying to God to get me out of the same relationship I prayed him to get me into. So how does that work? So, uh, but, so, yeah, it's a very, it's, it's just a very fine line between self and God. There's, it's so fine that it's, it's indiscernible sometimes. But the more that I sought, the more that I rightly relate myself to my higher power, the more that I talk over the job that I have today with my higher power, the more guidance I can get today. Because this is what my sponsor says. You come to a stop sign and you ask your higher power, should I go right or should I go left? And you, and you wait until you have some guidance. And then you turn whichever way you feel intuitively guided to turn. And if you turn right and God wanted you to go left, he'll make right left. If I continue after I turn right to stay with my higher power, it'll make the right turn the right turn instead of turning left. But if I turn right and I leave God... It'll be wrong. And you know what? If God tells me to turn left and I turn left and I leave God at the stop sign, that will turn out to be wrong too. Because the minute self gets back in and starts taking credit for the turn or whatever's happening in my life, that is the minute that self is back in charge. And it'll say, why'd you turn left? You should have turned right. And it'll start talking to me about turning, even though I believed God wanted me to turn left, now I start self-talking about it, and then it's all self again, and there is no God in this moment. And it has to be here in this moment, always in this moment. So, uh, oh, we're getting close to the end. Paul, real quick. Paul, last alcoholic. Hi, Paul. Um, 
Randy, thank you for the great lead on six and seven. Um, the the line that you read on seventy two, step seven, that really stood out to me was, as long as I placed self reliance first, a genuine reliance upon a higher power was out of the question. See, that's my whole problem right there. In one sentence, I always put self first, and the only my experience, and I've been sober for a couple of days, January third, oh four. Not that it's about time, but. The only way that I typically go to God is when self-reliance fails completely. I have to be a complete defeat in all areas of my life. That's the only time that I'm ready to go to God, even with work relationships and what have you. And I think I'm going to God, and I think I'm doing so good. But if one thing goes wrong, like yesterday I tried to call my mom because she called me. I called five minutes later, and she's elderly. And then I couldn't talk to her for two hours. At first I was like, maybe she's in the shower. Maybe this. Oh, she's probably dead. You're a loser. You should drink all your stuff. Like that's how quick it happens for me. And I thought I was working a great program, taking us through the steps. But it's because I put self reliance first. I didn't go to God. That's always my problem. They told me find God or die. That's what they told me. And that's the whole program. But you know, for me, it has to be broken up into twelve steps because I'm so smart that I can't do it. I can't do it. I need to do it in piecemeal. But admitting complete defeat in every area of my life, then I'm able to turn. So I, I appreciated that you said that because I need to make God my primary purpose and to help another alcoholic. When I do that, all my problems die by neglect. But step seven is the beginning of the end of the old character and the new character. God, what can I do for you today? What can I do for your kids today? How can I be of service? Get me out of the way because I destroy my life drunk or sober. Thanks. Thanks, Paul. All right. To investigation. And for me, just op- just doing this ha- really has opened a channel for me. I was I was frantically trying to check everything off my list, um, work, love life, getting the house right, and and everything I was doing I was failing at. And the more I was failing at it, I was telling myself I don't deserve to be here because I'm not doing everything correctly. And there was so much noise, so much noise that. Until I discovered this 20-minute meditation, I really thought I was going to, you know, jump off the, off the top of the roof. But um, it, I, I can't account for the fact that I feel better. I, I just, I feel inexplicably okay about everything and not thinking about the result. That's Thanks. it. Thank you guys for letting me share. Thanks, Dolly. Well, that's fantastic. I mean, that's the purpose of a workshop is to have some, to have an experience and to, 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 to change your life. So hopefully uh, a lot of people are having that experience and, uh, uh, that's what, that's what this program is about. It's about becoming the new character and it can happen right now. It doesn't, it doesn't take time. Recovery doesn't happen in time. It happens in the moment that I connect with my higher power. It doesn't happen in time. It doesn't happen because I didn't drink today. It doesn't happen because I went to meetings. Some recovery, some some healing happens when I work with a newcomer. But for me, for my transformation, for me to become the man that God wants me to be, I have to be in the relationship with that power. And that doesn't happen by taking someone else through the steps. I have to be rightly relating myself to my higher power or it's nothing and that's a hard message to hear i just want to do some service i want to drive a newcomer to meetings and and pick up 
you know, pick up paper afterwards. I'll do any of that. I'll do anything, but I will not. I will not turn my will and my life over to the care of God. So that's what, that's what, that's what we're up against. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Have the best day ever. I'll, uh, I'll see you Saturday.